0: Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. If you desire to make your life extraordinary, to reach and exceed your personal and professional goals, and to learn from other strong leaders, then the Boss Lady Podcast is for you. As a mother, wife, and former CEO, I will share lessons and stories of personal and professional successes and failures. Join my co-host, Al Smith and me, as we break down strategies, tools, and techniques that will enhance your professional and personal growth. I am Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. I'm Al Smith with Teresa Ram, founder and CEO of Boss Lady, and of course Teresa Ram Consulting.
0: Hello, hello, Mr. Al. Good. I'm doing well. Yeah, doing great.
1: <laughs> I tell you, when you have such amazing weather, it just oh, makes everything. I know. Bounce around, even when it rains. It's not, you know yeah just, every day it's not 100 degrees i'm feeling pretty good about things today right
0: though i was actually picking up my granddaughter taking her to golf lessons and i was like oh it's beginning to yeah. feel like summer in florida <laughs> yes. she's like i know i've worn shorts every day this week so if you're not in florida but it's not really terribly cold anywhere else right no, now is it's it nice. i mean you know relatively speaking yeah There's not a blizzard out there somewhere i don't know i always (laughs) wonder about people who go anywhere else this time of year because
1: now the middle of summer let's get the tight summer out of here exactly
0: the older i get the more i want to go to the mountains in the summer used to live for this
1: and i still like the hot
0: weather even when i was back in the day running i would prefer i loved running in the hot the hotter the better
1: I'm older. Well, I don't like cold weather. So with I don't there. like cold weather I do not at all. Do well in cold weather at all, at all, at all.
0: So the world is kind of waking up. What do you think? Yeah,
1: I think. Don't you uh, think my world is woken up? Well,
0: quite that's a bit, true. Right? Your events are back, but, which is yeah, awesome.
1: Busy, and then everybody I talk to, all well, the business owners I talk to, really struggling to find help. I mean, it's a, it's. I have been in business and around business my whole life, and I have never seen anything like this.
0: I stopped to get a cup of coffee at a restaurant last week. I had, you know, like 30 minutes between a meeting and nothing to do. So I thought, oh, I'll go in and have a cup of coffee. And I had my book with me. And on the door of this restaurant, it said, we have one server and one cook. Please be yeah. patient. And they were the happiest cook and server I've ever seen. <laughs> right? They were stressed. They were running around. The server said, it's my anniversary. I don't care. I'm working. It's a good day. I've been married 10 years. I'm like, I would have sat there and been late to my next meeting just to soak that positive energy up. On the other hand, I went into a place today, (laughs) and I walked in. I'm doing a boss lady retreat in September, so I was checking out this hotel. And I walk in, introduce myself to the lady because we've talked on the phone. She says, "I'm working the front desk today. I'm just not sure that I have time. And and anyway, you know, we're up for a renovation at this hotel. We haven't had a renovation in ten years, so there's holes in the carpet. And and I, somebody Whoa. else is working. Twenty minutes later, I'm standing there thinking, I do not 'I don't, done I don't care if you're giving <laughs> yeah. it to me. I'm probably not going to yeah. bring back a hundred boss ladies here.'" Um, <clears throat> And then I felt bad for her because she really literally was a one-woman show, but it was just the difference yeah. in, you know, those, it,
1: the dynamic what do you is, call them, those
0: personalities or yeah. how they're changed. handling their, what's happening. Stress, yeah. Yeah. And actually, Pastor Katie's with us tonight. She's going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Everybody goes through hard stuff. And you know, I think we've talked on the show before, Bob's Brother owns a restaurant and they're struggling too.
1: Yeah,
0: But. What's the option? <laughs> not, I mean, you, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, but it's tough. I, I don't remember ever seeing it
1: this no, way. No, I've been around this a long many years, more years than I wanted, yeah. met, and it's yeah. I've never seen anything where you couldn't get help, but you might have to pay more. Now it's not even about right. pay.
0: And people are, are ready to go back live. I've been yeah. on, I serve on a board of a, um, it's called SMA, healthcare behavioral addiction type work that they do right. in our community. And we are talking about having what we have every August is our big annual fundraising event. And we're still just kind of do we, do we not, do we, what do we do? We got to put the date out there. But people are beginning to book, book, book things in anticipation of freedom.
1: Yeah, and there's a right. lot of and, and there's a lot of cash out there Ooh, right now. There's a yeah. lot of money floating yeah. around out there. I agree. Yeah. That's yeah. Kind of that so, right now.
0: Anyway, but, lots of fun stuff. I'm glad all the events are back
1: for you. It's like to say it's always something, Teresa.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's always something. You got a choice. Go with it or yeah, exactly. sit down and whine about it. Nobody no. really cares. No, no, they do
1: not <laughs> I learned that one.
0: Quite yeah. frankly, nobody really cares. Yeah.
1: They forget uh, about it. So yeah
0: so lots going on with boss lady career cultivators <laughs> Teresa Rand consulting i'm doing this amazing pro- amazing project with our local college on entrepreneurship that they're trying to infuse the mindset of being an entrepreneur into all the curriculum curriculum at our local college and they've hired me to work with the business community connecting with the students and the faculty and I'm having a blast. I'm going to be sad when the grant, because it's grant funded, so they can't keep me forever. But um, I'm going to be sad when it ends. It's really, really cool the way these students just soak up what the business people have to say about being an entrepreneur. And they're doing it right now in like the cosmetology and barbering school, the welding school, the mechanical. And then we have a group, a cohort from the business college. But it's really that workforce. And they're like, it's just, anyway, it's fascinating. So. Well,
1: yeah, and it makes sense because a lot of times what happens is people become the doer of the thing, right? They become right. The, the cosmetologist or the welder, but then they right. don't know how to run a business. Exactly. All that goes with it, yeah. They usually fail because while they might right. be really good at the doer of the thing, they don't understand the systems yeah. it takes. And, and the,
0: part of what we're, the curriculum <laughs> is that whether you ever own your own business or not, if you can have the mindset of an entrepreneur you're going to be a very yeah. valuable employee. That's right. And I'm like, well, yeah, if I act like I own the business, I'm going to be recognized and, you know, I'm going to work harder and do all those things. It's fulfilling. So you don't yeah. have to actually own your own business to have that mindset. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of a new thing for me with Teresa Rand Consulting, but it's awesome that I got the call to do this particular job, and um, I'm having a ball at it. But Bossley is still moving forward. Still doing weekly trainings on career cultivators. And if you are a new listener, you can always go to, very simple, Teresa without an H, Teresa Rand, R-A-N-D, consulting.com, and find out all the really cool things that we have going on. So hope you'll take a chance to do that.
1: Well, let's take a break. We'll be back with uh, with Katie.
0: Whether you're an entrepreneur climbing the corporate ladder, or a work-from-home parent, you are a boss. Together, we are cultivating your personal and professional growth. Check out TeresaRanConsulting.com dot today to find out more about this movement.
1: All right, welcome back, Boss Lady Podcast, with Teresa. All right.
0: Glad to be back. Uh, yeah. Okay. I I have to tell the listeners because anybody that's listening no.
1: regularly, you yourself,
0: knows that <laughs> at, right before the break we always do a random thought of the day, and the reality is I forgot, I forgot, and it's a joke back and forth because yes. a lot of weeks I'll remember and you'll forget, yes. and you'll remember. Yes. This week we both we did forgot. So I think what the random thought is is that I don't have one today. Yeah. And some days I just don't think very well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So with that, I think we need to introduce our guest She's not really our guest, she's part of us now Part she of comes the show. On, Part of the show once a month And it is Pastor Katie, Katie Steinberg Who is the pastor of, what did you tell me you called Your community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Community, yeah. Missing Peace Her, Missing Peace Community, P-E-A-C-E, P-E-A-C-E. Mm-hmm. And uh, Katie has a fabulous story You can go back to an earlier episode uh, when would you do the first one we were trying to remember November, that the other day October. November sometime yeah end of last year um where we introduced her and talked a lot about the amazing work that she does but we do have her <laughs> on once a week we were tossing around the idea today that she might be our boss lady chaplain
1: I kind of like that idea
0: I kinda like it I like can I get a business card yeah you can right. See, I almost you threw can.
1: that out there earlier but I was like no I,
0: uh, you know. <laughs> I don't
1: want to throw that out we're just kind of winging to it
0: today it there, yeah <laughs> So like with that, Katie always has a great message for us, um, and today's no different because I don't get to hear the message. Yeah. I hear it along with you guys, but she always gives me the topic so I can be thinking about it. Um, so with that, Katie, my friend, you have it. Thanks.
2: Yeah. So this week, um, I'm gonna, I am want to talk about the thing we don't want to talk about. Um, this week, we're talking about the hard stuff, the hard stuff inevitably there are hard things that we each go through in our lives and i don't mean the like hard thing where you know um your alarm clock doesn't go off and then you're late and then you know the kid gets gum in their hair and like you know the car doesn't work right and whatever like those days are hard because there's a lot of obstacles like there's just they're frustrating is kind of what i would call that but i'm talking about the hard days that are the really dark days, the days where someone dies, the mm. days where a uh, relationship ends, the days where the fear feels stronger than the hope. Um, and th- we're not good at this, talking about this. Particularly Americans um, are not good at this, but I think humans in general aren't good at talking about the hard stuff, the pain, the fear, the darkness. Um, But I think it's important, and I think there's great benefit in us spending some time engaging and thinking about what do we do with it or not do with it. Because I think that's one of the mistakes that we kind of make when we come into hard spaces, um, scary spaces. You know, we want to skip to it. We're just coming off of the Easter season, and, you know, it's like... We don't we don't want to do the Monday Thursday and the Good Friday and the Holy Saturday. You know, all these these hard days. We want to do Easter and eggs and celebration. let's let's just skip to the part where everything's okay yeah. again. Yeah. Um, but even in that story, it's not all ok again. I mean, even after we have Easter, even after we have the hope that that promises that the new thing happens, there's still, you know, you flip to the next chapter after that and you get into the struggle that the apostles have in creating the church and there's martyrdom and there is um, persecution and these kind of things, you know, we want to, we want it to just be okay. We want poof, magic wand, resurrection, ta-da, we're all better and everything's fine. Um, But that's also incongruent with how real life works. Um, I know in my life, um, when I've experienced pain of loss, I lost my mother unexpectedly Mm. in, 2007. Um, and it was, she was there one day and she was gone the next. And, um, I think that's the only time in my life that I have wailed. Mm. Um, I remember I was in a vehicle with my boss at the time, a boss I had only worked for, for like a month and a half. (laughs) And this is like, in the early founding of our relationship, me um, wailing aloud and mourning and getting the news of my mother's passing. And there's this, once again, I say this often, I feel like when I'm, when I'm talking on this podcast, you know, um, this is not five steps to get through Mm -hmm. your grief. Um, And I, I think that's what we want. Sometimes we feel like, okay, get, get past the part or tell me how to get through the thing. And, um, most of the time, when we do that, we're actually just suppressing the feelings and they have other ways of showing up. They come out, they eke out, they fester um, and become later things. And listen, this is also not about the shame of not dealing with our grief well either. Mm-hmm. Um, we've all learned coping skills. Some of us overfunction in the face of pain, um, just keep going. Some of us under function, go hide, crawl in covers over the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess what I have to say about that is, okay, okay, there is not a right and wrong way to be in the hard stuff. There's not a right and wrong way to be in the grief and in the pain and in the challenges that this life has um and even as I, I think about you know sort of approaching this point of um you know, the pandemic you guys were just talking mm-hmm. about, like where things are starting to open back up, things are starting to happen again. And, um, you know, it sort of has that feeling of, oh good, it's over. <sighs> yeah. um, but we, we still have, we still have challenges to come. And I believe uh, it was also for a period of time, I can't remember if I've said this on, on your cast before, but um, where I was a hospice chaplain. And my job in that time was to be with people and their families at the very end of life. I mean, and what I can say about that space is that it is some of the most painful but mm-hmm. also the most sacred space that you could share um, with anyone. And what an honor it is to be invited into that space with others. And when it's not your sort of personal grief there's an invitation to kind of hold the space Mm -hmm. and hold others and um, kind of bring in a sense of okayness, not that says it's done, not that says, okay, here's a tissue. Um, You know, not that says, okay, wash your face now. We're over that part. Um, Those things that we say with the best intentions. um, But I think the real challenge of being in the hard stuff of being in the grief is just, being in it, letting it be. I know for me, um, my coping skills, my sort of over-functioning is I want to say, why am I upset? Why am I sad? Why am I in pain? What could I have done to prevent it? Like Mm. I go straight to the intellectual, straight to the brain. What could I have done to prevent this? How can I be better in the future so I don't have to feel this again? And I turn it into a problem I have to solve. And like, I turn it into a miniature self-help book for my, you know, (laughs) for dealing with my problems. Um, and, and, And that's okay, right? Like, no shame. Also, there is great value in saying this hurts. That's it. This is hard. And no amount of organizing it and labeling it and intellectualizing it is going to make it not hurt. Um, And no amount of numbing it or pressing it down or anything but but just being in it is going to solve it for us um, so that we get to come out the other side. Now, that said, I can tell you that even in my (coughs) darkest hour, there is still a quiet whispering of hope that says... I've been through enough life at this point to know that the the broken places, the hard places, the places that have been the most painful, are the places where new and beautiful things grow. They're the places where the opportunity to connect, to relate, to have empathy, to hold space for other people in their pain uh, come from. So I can both be in my pain And have sort of this quiet glimmer of hope on the outside of it that doesn't stop me from feeling it. That's not Mm -hmm. the goal. But that tells me there's something on the other side of pain. There's something that's on the other side of suffering. And um, one of my friends who's been visiting with a lot lately has a a Bible verse on her wall. And I'm not a Bible verse on the wall kind of person. I'm like, I find that a little overwhelming. I'm like, ah, too much Jesus. Stop. I don't know. And I'm a pastor, but I'm just saying, like, I'm like, you know, in my experience, the people who, who you know, yell the loudest about their faith, I always feel a little suspicious, no. but uh, but my friend is, is very genuine. And uh, I'm just saying, y'all, I'm just saying, being real. Um, but she has a verse on her wall, uh, and it's from Exodus 14, 14. And it says, um, paraphrasing, the Lord will fight for you. You just have to be still. Hmm. And or maintain your peace is another um, translation of that, and so I think I think that that is so true in the midst of pain um, that the the doing is not required in that moment. There is not a a doing for pain. There's only there's only a being for pain, and what my faith tells me is that that doesn't mean nothing's happening. <clears throat> You know, that and in fact, I think sometimes that's the root of transformation. There's another scripture verse that talks about that the wheat has to die and go to the ground for more wheat to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also sort of this meta take on Jesus dying. Um, but that, you know, suffering and death, nobody wants it. Right. And it is also sort of that fertile ground for where we become more human, because in our suffering, we are the most human, we are the most connected, we are the most empathetic, we are the least judgmental um, in that space, when we can really be in it and not try to um, overcome it by anger. Let's just be mad. Mm. Mad feels better. Mad feels better than pain, Um, or sad, you know, and I think that's an easy one to go to, or, uh, you know, my, my favorite Let's intellectualize it. Let's turn it into, you know, a paragraph and a speech and a thought, and then maybe I won't have to feel. And uh, I'll let you know from my personal experience that doesn't work either. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just wanted to invite us in the, a little bit into the hard stuff, and um, you know, and it's not, <laughs> it's not easy to talk yeah. about. It's not easy to go through. And yet. It is part of our existence. It is a viable, valuable, sacred part of what it means to be human, to go through suffering, and to come out the other side. And I, you know... I'd love to hear from you all if you have experience or um, you know everybody's got <laughs> Al-
1: experience. Yeah, well, how long's this show going to Jeez, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah I
0: just
2: the
1: you into the yeah, a few Al- years. And Al and I your-
2: are a few
0: years older than you, so yeah. not that uh, you know, and I think it's Brene Brown says there's no, I don't know how she says it, but your suffering is your suffering. There's no, you're suffering more yeah. than me or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she says it yeah. much more eloquently than yeah. that, but it, it's. I know being the age I am looking back at some of the worst times of my life um, that I'm I'm more equipped now when they come because I do know I'm going to get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is hard. And, yeah. and my go-to is just get more busy, just mm-hmm. accomplish more things, just make a longer list. And then it, it's just a way of shutting my brain down I can compartmentalize really well. Mm -hmm. You know, I can go to work when, you know, I use my divorce as an example for my children's father. I could go to work and nobody knew what was going on at home. Right. um, Because I just stayed busy and worked and worked and worked. And then it's, you know, but until I slowed down, and in my case, did some therapy, I didn't really realize that that was how I was coping. Yeah. You know, I so
2: appreciate you bringing that up. A couple of things there, the um, comparative suffering. Yeah. You know, I think that's another that's way we word. try to, yeah, we <laughs> yeah, try to um, yeah. not, is or we sh- try to shame ourselves <clears> out, <throat> yeah. which is a really, oh gosh, that just makes it worse. Right. shame ourselves out because, well, I actually have it pretty good, you know, like I'm not starving and I've got a place to sleep tonight, so oh, how yeah. dare Somebody I feel bad yeah. or yeah. feel pain at all? because i am not suffering i am not the most suffering person in the whole world yeah and then we try to minimize our pain and then we feel shame and guilt on top of our pain so let's not make a pain yeah. sandwich out of all of those ingredients <laughs> because that's even more right. horrific that just makes it and i also just want to affirm like get get busy okay okay that's also yeah. an okay way you know and sometimes we kind of need to come up for air a little bit you know if just sitting in it indefinitely um, can also be oh, overwhelming, right? You know, so okay, come up for air, but yeah. let's not ignore it, shut it away, and then never revisit it. Um, and then the third thing you said, and <laughs> you know, I, I can make a whole other podcast out of just what you said so beautifully. But let's let's destigmatize therapy. I mean, yes. um, you know, it's we go for regular checkups with our physical health That's right. doctors. Um, and, you know, I know that my uh, insurance during pandemic made extra allowances for mental health mm, uh, checkups right. and things, which I was like, yes, amazing. Yes, we need that. Absolutely. Um, and I, th- I think we should do that, too. And it's funny. I don't know how it came up in the car with my eight-year-old the other day. Um, but she sa- she brought up something about a therapist. And I was like, well, if you want to go talk to one, we can do that anytime, mm. honey. Anytime you think you'd like that or, you know, or just she says, well. I don't have any life problems, though, Mom. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay, well, excellent, That's, excellent." And then know. it was—I'm telling you—it was that same night. I'm right. tucking her into bed, and she's she's tired, and like she's just having herself a little emotional eight-year-old moment. And she's like, "And my sister isn't nice to me, <laughs> yeah. and at school. It's hard, and my friend Abby wants to play with Estelle, and not me." And she's just getting weepier and weepier. She goes, "Mom." I need a therapist. (laughs) like, okay, Okay. baby girl, we can do that. We can do that. But I do, I do want to just affirm and thank you for bringing it up and sharing vulnerably about that because we do need to destigmatize that. Even if it's just a tune up kind of situation and not like I'm going through, why do we wait to be going through the hardest thing of our life to get help? Right. Like let's, let's walk with people all along the way. Yeah. As we go through.
0: I think it is becoming less stigmatized, but it's, it's still out there still very much out there. Um, and you know bobby knight said it i think a week or so ago one of our number one podcasts was when we had the therapist here Mm. and there's a reason for that i mean it it had some of the highest numbers because i I could listen to it in the safety and sanctity of my home yeah and i'm not going to a therapist you know kind of
3: conversation
2: accessibility yeah
3: I'm going to try not to make a creaking noise. You ready? Here we go. <laughs> no no, no we move creaking noise. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to quote one of my favorite ministerial people, and that is Vision from uh, Marvel, from uh, WandaVision. Uh, one of the things he says at the end, uh, I'm not going to spoil too hard. I won't say the end because it's not really the end. Uh, but one thing he says is, uh, what is grief but love persevered? See that? She uh, quoted she's it. Quoting she it air-quoted too. it with yeah. her face.
2: <laughs> I moved my lips while he said it. Say, yeah. say it again.
3: What is grief but love persevered. Oh, wow. And what a powerful quote that is. You know, you really think I can see you tearing up over yeah. that. It's yeah. legit stuff right there. It was a really special moment. Actually, it was crazy right. how that was in like nerd film, how, how touching that actually was. Yeah.
2: Well, and our teachers are everywhere, right? If we'll, but open our eyes and, and mm. pay attention we'll and yeah. find comfort in unexpected places like WandaVision. Um, right. But yeah, I think that's a really apt quote because that, that is what our, our pain is, you know, is it's, attached to something that we perceive as severed.
3: Yeah, and God, I hope I'm not overlapping with you here when I was just going to say like one of my favorite verses is like, you know, we don't grieve like those who have no hope. Mm-hmm. You know, such a powerful statement. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't necessarily have right. to be the hope of Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? Right. But gosh, that's a great option. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but um but it is it is true yeah. you see a lot of people that like when you watch someone you can tell sometimes um because everybody grieves. Um, but you can gauge their hope meter by watching how they. Grieve. That's true. And yeah. it's it's so so weird to watch somebody like mourn the loss of. it. And I know I love pets. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, mm-hmm. I have just two guinea pigs. That's all I can get away with in my house. But um, man, I see people go through like they have funerals, and every year. Is oh, the anniversary I have a friend right now that. going through. But yeah. Yeah, but loss of a pet. And it's it's hard, you know, to watch. But it's like, um, and I know that some people would equate animal life to human right, life and right. say those things. I, I'm not here to start or finish any of that right. for you, Teresa. But what I, <laughs> what I would say is like, you know, you just watch somebody who, even with the loss of a loved mm-hmm. one, you know, if they memorialize it in such a certain way, you can see how hard they're taking it mm-hmm. and how they're actually repatterning and right. reprogramming their life experience around that loss. Well, you know? One
0: of the things we didn't mention in kind of our list making is even, and the loss of a job Sure, can be, very devastating Mm -hmm. uh especially if it's through you know nothing it was totally out of your control and that's also a form of grief you know how do you deal with that what do you do um shame comes in especially Mm -hmm. if if you were let go um from somewhere for whatever reason but there's just so many things that cause people to grieve how do you deal with loss out grief what what's your go-to coping
1: Kind okay, of Kate, I'm I'm pretty well take control of the situation yeah. and uh, yeah. try to work my way through it. I, I really stuck I really want to go back to how you started, which was fear is greater than the hope because <laughs> right. We I wrote that down. down. And because I I just just today yeah. was reading an article that we had that with the most over drug overdoses in in two decades through this period. And so that in my the back of my head and you saying it, they just came together. And it's like people who who have put so much into quantifying themselves and their and their worth, to what what whatever that may be, yeah. what they do for a living, the, the people they get to see, to associate, to whatever it is. But it's a it's amazing how and how much suicide we've had in the past yeah. year. Mm. Uh, you know, and that whole balance that was talked about through yeah. this whole process was, okay, are we better off shutting it down and not getting the virus and people suffering mental health and 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 it's not having you know it's it's not having hope it's not having uh the belief in a higher power than what you're here for i mean i went through a lot this past year between you know not working and a divorce and some physical problems but what kept me going was a daily ritual sit down and open that bible and and realize there's more to this than what i'm experiencing right this moment Mm -hmm. but painful a lot yeah. of pain, but you got to lean in. You know, I always learn to lean into it. Yeah, the best you can lean into it as much as you can, right. and then lean back out. But you know somebody taught me that a while back. Just lean into it when you can. not But I'm not saying I always do that. There's a yeah. lot of yeah, there's a we, lot of projection and a lot of putting things off or ignoring they don't exist. Well, yeah. and, and there's something
2: know. to that kind of coming up to air that for yeah. air that Teresa was right. described. You know, yeah. I mean, to for your for your sanity's sake. And I I think some of what we're seeing too, um, societally here is something I've started calling the, um, toxic Protestant work ethic. You know, we were, we were sort of founded as a country by that. Um, and this idea that our, you know, and we've talked about this a little bit before that our worth is wrapped up in our, what we produce, like where, where where's my purpose? Where's my worth? And if I don't find it, then I am worth less and then what you know and so i think that factor plays in as just sort of a societal cultural norm that needs to be in my opinion overturned but i think also as we were talking about a little bit the mental health is not it is um weak needing anything yeah mental health wise you're weak you're weak you you oh there's something wrong with you if you need it wait a second (laughs) you know all of us um you know you you break an ankle you need a crutch like (laughs) i mean and these are normal things that happen to all kinds of people
1: Um, i'm hopeful that we've got i think we got a little moment momentum on that a little more awareness i'm not not, i'd like to see the statistics a year from now but it feels like people are talking about it more and i think the idea i think you said earlier about being able to tell a do it do it via zoom or right yeah yeah Yeah. i think has really kind of Blow yeah. that barrier a little bit seems to be.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. I had a, a former nun because she married a former priest.
1: <laughs> wow! <laughs> and aunt and uncle, just like that. You? Yeah. So two of my very dear
0: friends. She since passed away, but um, I was going through some very trying times with with one of my children, and I was angry with mm. with God because I was the mom and I couldn't fix it. Yeah. And we happened to be her husband was a peer of mine when I was working in the YMCA, and somehow her and I ended up sitting together at dinner. She came with him to the conference, Kathy, and I don't know how it came up, but anyway, I was telling her because she's a nun, she was able to all of a sudden. I'm telling her my life story over dinner, and I said, "But I'm really angry with God, and I haven't really been to church, and I'm I'm just I'm just not there." I'll never forget it. She was. Significantly a little bit older than me, but she reached over and patted my knee and she said, Honey, when you're ready, God will still be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah He's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I just, you know, I had to get up and go to the bathroom because I was the basket case yeah, at that way. point. But she just said it. so And that was all she said. And, you know, never brought it up again. Whenever I'd see her, she'd always ask how it was. But it was just those powerful. And when she passed away, I wrote that in a note to her husband and said, that is powerful witnessing, if you, or, you know, yeah. for lack of a better word. But, um, yeah.
2: Yeah, which also reminds me, too, of kind of, if it's not your personal grief, how do we support others mm, in their grief?
0: Absolutely.
2: Um, in their pain, which is, not, you know, and I, I think... So there's some things we kind of go to because we don't want to empathize because then we might feel our own pain and that's scary.
3: Mm, mm, you know, yeah, so we're like,
2: definitely. Oh, let me change the subject. Right. Let me try to give you advice.
0: Oh yeah, that's oh, the best. Let me uh, tell you this yeah. is what
2: you're gonna do. This is what I did when I was uh, this, let me tell you what you're gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but I think there are helpful and healthy ways of supporting people. And I think sort of there's um a model out there that I would have to look up. Maybe we can put it in the notes or something, mm-hmm. but that talks about sort of the concentric circles of grief. Mm-hmm. So whoever's closest to the grief, oh, I've your seen job outside, yes. if you're outside of that inner circle, your job is to support the next circle in. Right. Right. Um, and sometimes we want to say, well, I'm hurting too. Yeah. What about me? Yeah. You know, and yet that doesn't, and this is, goes back to our comparative kind of right. grief and pain. Um, yeah, yeah. No, your, your feelings yeah. matter too. Your feelings matter too. And right now,
1: let's Found get a little me.
2: perspective about uh, where the pain lies right. and, and who's most impacted and closest yeah. to it. Yeah.
1: Mostly listen. Mostly, mostly what you need to do is listen. Mostly
2: listen. listen. Okay? Yeah, and the closer you are to somebody, you know, again, in those sort of concentric circles, um, the more you, I think you'll know what you need to do yeah. Yeah. if you don't know what to do you might not be the right person to be doing nothing <laughs>
3: <Right. Yeah. You're laughs> at at you're as close <laughs> as you thought you
0: were <laughs> <laughs> maybe but you want to fix it yeah, yeah. if it, especially if it's your kids you want to
3: well yeah, it. yeah. and,
0: and I, you can't and, and one of the things, just, things i think that's a hard lesson to learn
2: it is and we sort of struggle with oh how many times have you heard this one you, when you've been hurting or pain or you know grief um tell me what i can do oh yeah, oh, yeah. just you, anything you need you let me know right I don't it doesn't work, it doesn't work because I'm in pain. I, I don't, don't know what I I'm need in pain. I don't know what I need, and I don't want to have to think of something to tell you so that you feel valuable in my right. life while I'm in my pain, like no yeah, ah. yeah. um and one a, an alternative to that is you know, I'd like to bring you over a meal on Tuesday mm. Can I do that, you know specific, yeah, um now I said this wasn't five steps how to deal with your grief, but <laughs> <laughs> but there are ways that we can be supportive yeah. and loving that are not. Um, taxing on the person in pain.
1: Yeah, and the other yeah, one I added you, you, when you were talking about, you know, when Jesus goes, the disciples were in denial, and denial is mm. a powerful thing, right? And oh yeah, I don't. I believe that when somebody's in denial, it's not your job to bust their denial. Agreed. You know, you need to let them work through their denial without trying to. Well, you need to straighten up. You need to do this. You, need, mm-hmm. you know, or, or however it is. You know, that's a denial is part of the process of grieving. Yeah, and we have to honor it, and we, and even when it's us, yeah, we have to accept that that's part
2: I, of it. Yeah, I think our ego very much wants to be the hero It wants to have answers, yeah. it wants to solve problems. Um, that's what our ego is good at, and there, that is not all bad, right? right? There are places where that's really appropriate, um, you know in math class i don't know for example um but yeah. in when it comes to pain and grief i think yeah we, we can't operate out of that ego self yeah um the word compassion passion means pain the original and come means like with co co-pa- like co-painting with so i mean mm-hmm. this this empathetic approach instead of a diagnostic well let me tell you what you're going through alan here's here's what we're going to do about it yeah. you know like wait no i just need to i just need to hurt for
0: a little bit uh, yeah
2: um and yeah you know and even just we're not good at quiet either Mm -mm. we're not good at just being with somebody we want a thing to do and a process and a solution you know all these things and um you know i mean sometimes the best gift you can give somebody is just
0: to be with right them yeah you know great
1: subject best present is presence yeah mm-hmm.
0: there's your random there thoughts. You I go. there's a Pest. present we've Bam. had all kind of random thoughts yeah, we in this, yeah, this is, conversation so we didn't need so one because we we, we we would have talked it one bobby <clears> had one Katie <throat> always has lots of them yeah. but um i am going to find that grief concentric circle and post it with this because yeah. I've, I've seen that before and it's, it's actually pretty powerful.
2: And there is another piece, too, yeah. um, that's Brene Brown. Mm. And it's actually really cute because they do a little cartoon with it. And it's like there's a person in pain and another person, you know, sort of comes over and just sort of yells at them like, hey, yeah. get better. Get better. You're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and then, you know, versus the person who comes and sees the person in pain sits and sits there. with them and, yeah. be, you know, is with them. Right. Um, which is, you know, one of the most beautiful gifts we offer yeah. is to companion, compassion um, to be together with. Yeah.
0: I have a good friend, Penny. I've talked about her. She was my running buddy for years, was always good at that. Mm. When we would run long runs. I think we both were, we both, because we went through some things separately while, you know, those 10, 11, 12 years we were running. And we both knew when not to talk. Mm. And we'd just run, but we knew each other was there. And you don't have that feeling with a lot of people. Yeah that just just keep running with me but don't talk to me Mm -hmm. just let me let me deal with it and it was magical that that type of relationship with a friend is pretty cool yeah so special wow yeah
2: you never you
0: never (laughs) disappoint (laughs) thank you very very much um so with that i think we will close it out And as we always say, as my grandfather always said, take time to stop and smell the roses. Until we meet again, take care.